Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, a sensual arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive first-hand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my first ever episode of the Sensual Artistry Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Ah, so this first episode is going to be a little bit on the self-absorbed side of things. I'm going to be talking about myself and my journey and how I got to become uh, the person that I am today, running sensual artistry, doing lots of sexy, kinky, uh, interesting things here online and around the world. So this is mostly just to give people a bit more background about me, my story, how I got to where I am, um, just for people that are curious before I start getting into more episodes, diving into specific topics and having guests and all that beautiful stuff. So currently I'm coming at you from my hometown in Perth, where I was born. I'm half Irish though. I lived there for a while when I was young, but mostly grew up in Perth and then I moved away as soon as I was 18, 19, pretty much. Uh, also around that time is when I started to work in the adult industry. Um, so I have now been working in the sexuality field for about yeah 12 years. And yeah, it's only been the last few years that it's been in the more education coaching side of things. Before that, I worked as a stripper as well as running um, an agency, like kind of freelance network kind of thing for a bunch of women, uh, tattoo models and performers and things like that in Melbourne. I also yeah did some typical work as like a skimpy waitress, like lingerie waitress, nude uh, waitress, things like that, doing lots of nude modeling, um, kink modeling, kink performing, and eventually moved yeah, more in the performance side of things as a showgirl. I got to travel around Australia and around the world doing performances in fetish clubs, in strip clubs, um, at festivals, uh, a mix between things that were a bit more in the adult industry as well as things that were more in the circus performance festival world. So yeah, when I was younger, I was always a bit of the creative type. I actually did fashion design um, as my first kind of chosen profession, went to fashion school and I was making rave clothing because at the time I was a raver. Um, yeah, I got into raving when I was underage, which was actually, I think what saved my life. I would say I was a very depressed teenager. I never really fit in typical story. Like a lot of us in this world that we were just like always on the outskirts, always on the outside of, um, <laughs> you know, friend groups and stuff like that. So I had like very severe depression growing up, um, never really felt like I belonged or fit in, but then luckily I found the rave community and I got to make a whole bunch of other weirdo friends. Um, I was also very much into like punk and metal and the emo scene and stuff <laughs> uh, when I was younger. And yeah, then got into 
um, design and fashion. I also did a bit of DJing and stuff back then. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as I was 18, I started to do some new modeling. Um, I was actually really shy. Like people found it really interesting that I was the one that then became a stripper and stuff because, you know, I never, um, <laughs> I had like one girlfriend and one short-term boyfriend when I was um, like 16, but I was always the virgin of the group. I was always the one that was like, never getting any action. Um, all my friends would be like hooking up with heaps of people and having like sexual adventures. And I was like the prude of the group. So it was kind of funny um, of all the people in my friend group that were much more like sexual um, and open and stuff like that. Like I was the really shy reserved one in that regard, like personality wise quite out there, but um, sexually like very closed off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of comfortable enough being naked and um yeah so I got into doing modeling I wanted to be a suicide girl uh these like tattoo pinup models so I yeah I kind of got into that world that way um and yeah it was kind of a joke type thing when I <laughs> became a stripper because one of my friends was doing it and I was about to like go on my first holiday to Europe with a friend I had like almost no money I was bartending and I was just like oh my god how am I going to afford this trip and my friend was telling me all her stories about stripping and making all this money I was like oh that's cool that you could do it but I could never do that <laughs> like no way in hell like and I'm ugly I'm not sexy I'm a weirdo I'm like got no boobs and I'm tall and skinny and I had like dreadlocks at the time and stuff and um yeah and she's like oh well I think you could make money and if you ever want to do it let me know and I was checking my bank account and I was like oh my god how am I going to afford this trip and you know I was sort of joking my friend like maybe I should just become a stripper and you know she's like can't imagine you doing that but whatever uh, so I ended up actually hitting up my friend I got very very drunk <laughs> got on stage and it was actually really fun like I really love being on stage I love getting the attention um, I was absolutely amazed to find that people were giving me money <laughs> and like giving me money to take off my clothes and that was very like foreign to me because like no one ever hit on me I never got asked on dates like I never thought of myself as attractive or anything like that and yeah, that started my way into the industry. And I, um, I tried to move to Europe around then, but I didn't have enough money and it just wasn't working. So then I moved to Melbourne and I lived there for five years. And uh, Melbourne's where I started Trashels uh, that I mentioned before, this like freelance network alternative um, agency type thing that I was running with a friend. And we did lots of like burlesque and photo shoots. And um, it was really about like supporting other women and being able to step out there, be confident, um, to be able to like express their sexuality and have fun with it it was very like innocent and playful in a way um, you know we'd go to like tattoo conventions and um, you know like dance around on tables and you know I, I find it now like quite cute and innocent looking back on it and we actually got a really good community and it was really about like women supporting women and trying to like take the power in the industry away from like Usually it was like men making a lot of money off the women doing the nude modeling. And we wanted it to be like by performers and models for performers and models. Um, but yeah, we sucked at money and <laughs> lost a bunch of money. Um, and yeah, it ended up kind of falling apart over the years. But during that time, I was also starting to have uh, my spiritual awakening. And yeah, I actually like went off to Nepal 
spontaneously with a housemate and um it was yeah like a really big awakening experience for me even though it was a short period of time and I almost died of salmonella <laughs> but there was some big shifts and it's actually where I picked up my first tantra book and um yeah I felt some kind of calling towards tantra at that time but like there wasn't really much tantra happening in Melbourne like these many years ago and I didn't really like have access to it and stuff um yeah and also during all this time like Ever since a teenager, actually, I've always been kinky um, and I was like starting to explore kink and BDSM, but not in a conscious way. Um, I had no idea how to communicate. I was like very awkward and shy, uh, even though like as a stripper, I'd have to be confident and flirt with people. But it was like this alter ego personality type thing where like the stripper in me would be able to ruthlessly flirt with people and be really sexual and really like flirty and stuff. But in real life, like I was very awkward. Like I always joke that I'm a potato um, and people are always surprised to find out what a potato I am when it comes to flirting, even still. Um, I'm, you know, fine when it comes to sex and relationships and partnerships, but like terrible flirt. Don't ask me for dating and flirting advice ever. <laughs> so anyway, I was like exploring kink and I actually remember while I was in Melbourne starting to Google and be like, can Tantra and kink go together? And I didn't even really understand what Tantra was at the time. I knew something about like circulating energy in the body and having like full body orgasms and stuff. And I, I remember like in a bath trying to do it once and like pleasuring myself and sort of like breathing and trying to move it around the body and actually did have my first like tantric orgasm, which was, um, you know, an orgasm that wasn't just in my genitals, but actually spread around my body. So it was interesting that even before workshops, I actually managed to start playing around with some of these tantric concepts and practices, um, just based on like what I'd seen a little bit on the internet or in the like little book that I got. And yeah, so in Nepal, I had this bit of an awakening, decided that actually I'm a total hippie. What am I doing? Um, being a CEO of a business that like doesn't even make me any money and being a stripper. And I, I don't really <laughs> feel like this is my life. So I went back and sold all my stuff and decided to move to Europe. Um, yeah, and <laughs> going back, I had seen, yeah, online, I've been searching, like, can Tantra and kink go together? And there actually was something in Berlin, um, a Tantra kink academy or a kink Tantra, I don't know, something like that, that like wasn't in existence anymore by the time I arrived, but that like, I'd actually seen like, oh, Berlin has this kind of thing. and. When I'd first gone to Europe when I was 18 or 19 or whatever, um, I had stopped in Berlin for a few days and I actually had like the best experience of my whole trip. So I always felt this calling to go back to Berlin. So when I moved over to Europe, then I was like, okay, I'll go spend a bit longer in uh, Berlin and see, and I absolutely fell in love. So I ended up moving there for a few years and that's where I really got to start exploring the sex positive world. Um, I started learning Shibari. I got to go to play parties, um, sex positive festivals, all these kind of things and all these different worlds are opening up also in general, like in Europe, people tend to be a lot more liberal, um, a lot more communicative <laughs> um, people actually flirted with me and asked me on dates and stuff so I got to really start like exploring my sexuality exploring um, more dating and relationships and stuff like that when I got there and I got to start actually seeing how kink and tantra and conscious sexuality and stuff work together and I was starting to have these really big um, sexual awakening experience at play parties at um I wasn't even going to temple nights at the time, but these like conscious sexuality play parties and festivals and things like that. 
Um, I hadn't, yeah, actually been to like something that was like a tantric ritual night or anything until actually only just a couple of years ago. Um, but when I was exploring the Shibari world and this kind of like conscious play party scene, and I was also going to like cacao ceremonies and, you know, I've been doing yoga since like I was 20. So and going to site trance festivals and things like that so I had like these two worlds like the the hippie side um you know doing a lot of hallucinogens and yoga and stuff side of me and then uh the contrasexuality side I was still working as a stripper on and off as well as a performer and yeah they still seem to be these two separate worlds I was like, I wonder what would happen if you combined like a cacao ceremony, <laughs> ecstatic dance and like a play party. Um, so I yeah, created this event called Ether Reality. It was actually when I just met uh, my first long term partner. Um, we just met in Thailand and he came back and helped me run the event. Uh, and the first one was a bit of a fail. We lost like 800 euros, like 30 people came. Um, we'd expected way more and <laughs> it was like fun, but a bit awkward. Um, not so much of a play party, but we had like performers and we had like a Tantra workshop and some belly dancing and a cacao ceremony and all these different elements. Um, and yeah, it was interesting. It was like an experimentation. I had no idea what to expect. And yeah, then I started building from there and um, eventually it turned into like a whole day um, event with a like longer nighttime party with like lots of performers and then eventually a three-day event and that was really amazing like having all these different workshops during the day um, having like temple night play party in the evening and it was really great seeing how that developed and eventually then I decided to turn that into the essential arts retreat which I ran in Bali because once I started doing a few days I was like oh this is so much better than doing just like a one-day party like people get to learn they get to connect in community um, and yeah like I was learning so much as a space holder um, you know starting to include like care teams and um you know like structure things differently and I was just learning so much also as I started going to more sex positive events and stuff as well and yeah it's funny because then eventually I started learning about like more of the neo-tantra scene and that there were like temple night events and temple spaces and um that other people were doing what I was doing um of having these like conscious sexuality tantric um events uh, and it was really exciting because then I got to see different ways that other people were doing it and learn from that and grow from that because I was just experimenting in the dark. I had no idea like how to put these two pieces together. My events weren't that great at the start, um, but they were something and, you know, my friends came, we all had a good time, um, but it wasn't really like structured totally right. So yeah, I started just really experimenting and growing and I was still mostly making my income as a stripper, a little bit as a circus performer. And then like the conscious sexuality stuff was like a side hustle um, that I did like every now and then as an event. Also then started running some kink parties that were called Fetish that were a fairy fetish uh, event at a big kink club in Berlin. And that was so much fun. Like it was very much based on like performance art. It had like heaps of different performers around the venue, um, lots of dress up entertainment. And I was just finding though, through these kind of events that there was just so much focus on the entertainment and um, people just going there and being like, oh, wow, this is like so beautiful and interesting. And, you know, then they would have some fun play experiences, but I just felt like it wasn't 
having as deep an impact on people as I desired. And I was getting really burnt out. Like I was in the club sometimes for 24 hours with like set up, packed down and I was barely making any money. Um, and yeah, like the events, people were like, wow, that's amazing. We'd have great videos and photos, but like then people just kind of move on with their life. So there was just feeling like, you know, there was a lot of work going in, a lot of magic being created, but that it wasn't like having the, the deeper impact that my soul was really desiring. Um, so anyway, then I went on holidays and I was in Bali and I broke my hand and this ended up ending my circus career, my performer career, um, because I'd been training for months, like getting my fitness back, um, especially after I had breast implants and I got them removed because they made me very sick. So I got them removed. I trained up. I got really strong. I was doing aerial acrobatics. I was looking at getting contracts. I was looking at this contract in Vegas and, you know, possibly going there for six months and stuff and really like going into my performer identity and performer career. Um, but then I broke my hand and at the same time, my um, partner and I were like pretty much breaking up. We were having like all kinds of trauma <laughs> showing up in the relationship and just couldn't deal with it. So I ended up having what I now know to be my dark night of the soul. Uh, where I actually came back here to Perth and I had a broken hand, a broken relationship. My career was like in bits. And I was just like, what the fuck am I <laughs> doing with my life? Um, you know, like what, what really lights me up? Like, I don't think I can really be a performer. Also, I have like chronic health problems. So, you know, the idea of doing a contract and having to perform every single day, I was like, that doesn't align with like my cycles and my inspiration and stuff. Um, so during that time, I went through a lot of grief. I went through a lot of like stripping away my identities that I'd created as a performer, as an artist, all this kind of stuff. And that's where essential artistry emerged um, because I really saw like, okay, what have all these things I've been doing been leading to like all this time in the adult industry and working with people around sexuality? Like that seemed to just be such a natural space that I gravitated towards um and that you know i shined in and then you know i really was a very deeply spiritual person and um you know was going through this massive spiritual awakening and i really wanted that spirituality to be infused with my work so yeah then it sort of all came together around this like okay conscious kink tantra sexuality maybe i could be like a guide for people maybe i could you know go into running some more events i really like doing the three-day thing maybe i can do like multi-day events um so yeah i birthed essential artistry and then i moved to um bali actually on and off for a year and i ran my first shibari workshops and i uh, started organizing my first longer retreats um the first ones sold no tickets at all not a single person signed up but then i really committed and i was like okay like i'm setting a new date and it's gonna happen no matter what um even if there's only like two people there i'm just gonna do it and yeah then eventually it did happen i did my first long retreat and yeah i absolutely loved it i then started training as a coach um did this massive amazing sex love and relationship coaching training with Layla Martin which absolutely blew my mind 
It's uh, meant to be a one year program, but it ended up being like about a year and a half of training um, where we did lots of sacred sexuality, Tantra, learning how to really coach, learning about trauma, learning about relationships. And it absolutely was like life changing, game changing. Um, I, even though it's a coaching certification, I didn't actually think I really wanted to be a coach at the time. I was like, you know, like most people had these kind of judgments around like a lot of life coaches and being in Bali with all these coaches around. I was just sort of like, nah, like that's not really my thing, but I just want to be a better facilitator. I love running events and stuff. But then I actually fell in love with coaching and I actually was like, wow, I'm naturally actually really good at this as well as like being trained in it and like learning these amazing processes that were just like totally changing my life and like giving me all these like profound realizations and um, deep processes. So yeah, then I started being able to offer coaching as well as continuing running retreats and workshops and really building on that. So that's just a little bit of my journey. I've been, um, since the pandemic, uh, been stuck in Australia. I don't like saying stuck, um, but you know, we, yeah, because of all the things in the pandemic, I've been here for a year and a half. Um, I'm in a current relationship that formed during um, the pandemic and lockdown um, with my beautiful partner, Tristan, who I'll do an episode with about our relationship. Um, but yeah, it's been a super beautiful gift um, to have found that relationship and to, yeah, have found some stability and stuff here. But I am looking forward to branching out in the world again, going back to traveling and especially running these beautiful retreats because that's where so much of my passion is for doing these deep dive immersions where people can have these deep, sensual, sexual, spiritual experiences that really change their lives, change their perceptions of themselves, of reality, um, change the way that they connect with people, change the way that they see their purpose and their passion all this kind of stuff like it's been amazing to see just how deep these shifts can be in people when you give them a few days to really focus on their sexuality um, focus on intimacy and connection asking for what they want communicating what they want um, really connecting from the heart with people and that's where yeah like my deep 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 passion lies um, but yeah also working with couples in coaching um, and people individually, as well as doing my group programs and stuff like, yeah, I really love this work. I really love, um, yeah, just people getting in touch with their sexuality, um, getting in touch with their spirituality through their sexuality, because a lot of people really see sex and um, spirit as these entirely different things or even contradictory things. And when people do fuse sex and spirit together, um, when they do really see their sexuality as a gateway to their divinity and that their pleasure is like divine, um, then people really like shift the way that they relate with their bodies, the way that they relate with other people, the way that they relate in the world. And I think it's just some of the most important work that there is to do in this planet because so many of our core wounds and so many of the reasons why people are traumatized and like causing pain to other people and um, causing more suffering in this world is because people have deep wounds around intimacy and relating and love um, because people aren't getting their touch needs met because people are um, you know wounded from childhood and then they don't know how to heal um, these traumas and they don't know how to connect with their body. So instead they, you know, can go around inflicting harm or unintentionally causing harm, um, because of these issues. And I really think that when 
we all learn to heal from within and heal our relationships to other people, learn how to communicate, learn how to respect each other fully, um, learn how to really connect deeply and intimately, then this is the kind of work that really heals the core wounds that we have as human beings. And that ripples out to every other aspect of life. Um, it ripples out to the way that we interact with the earth and um, the way that we, you know, treat nature and respect our body, which is the earth. It changes the way that we do business. It changes the way that we relate with our family, it changes the way that people parent and raise their children. Um, and yeah, I think this work is so, so important. So I'm super passionate about it. And yeah, so in this podcast, we're going to be talking about these different erotic awakenings and the kind of spiritual sexual experiences that people have, um, how deeply healing that is, how it changes their lives and how you can also experience this, how you can also go on your own journey to your own sexual awakening um, and change the way that you love, the way that you connect with yourself, with others. Um, and yeah, together we can all build this new sex positive world that is going to, yeah, facilitate so much more healing, love, play, joy in the world. Um, so thank you all for joining me. Um, let me know if you have questions about me, about uh, anything that you'd like to be addressed in this podcast. Um, and yeah, I'll take it on board and see if we can create some episodes answering some of your questions. So yeah, I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.